Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress podcast, an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today we are bringing back one of our most popular guests of all time. We have Brian Pataka in the house. So Brian is really well known for his work mentoring and coaching with actors, especially in terms of the business and especially in terms of reps. So we are talking all about agents and manager relationships today. The ins and outs of them, why I kind of hate the word loyalty in terms of a business relationship and how Brian feels about it, how to kick off the journey of getting your first reps, how to consider how things are going in terms of having the reps you have currently, and when it's time to make a change, keeping your side of the street clean in the process, and what to do if that inevitable feeling happens. And I know it happens to a lot of you because you email me about it all of the time. If you cannot get a response back from your reps, we really get into it a lot today in terms of both of our opinions on getting, keeping and maintaining good representation in this business. And Brian actually has a lot more in store for you guys. So beyond today's podcast, Brian is actually offering some extra webinars to my listeners. And if you guys are vibing with what he says in this podcast, if you like the kind of content he is sharing and just his general energy, I highly recommend you click the link in the show notes to sign up for one of the three webinars he is offering to us. Now, listen, when I hear the term webinar, I'm usually like, oh, cool, like a recorded call with someone. So this is not that. This is three separate dates where you can get on a live call with Brian and get his webinar plus a full Q&A at the end. So he stays on the calls as long as you guys need to, to answer all of your questions and see how he can help you personally. So even if you're not interested in anything right now in terms of agents or managers, there still might be some things you can pick up for later in your career or at a different time. So if you guys want to click that link in my bio, that's February 21st, 23rd, and 25th, all live calls with Brian. Go ahead and sign up there. And they're free. Did I mention they're free? We love free content around here. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy Brian Pataka. Hi guys. Happy Friday. What's up? Hey. Brian, hi. Nice to see you. How's it going? Look at that haircut. I know it's really something. I'm really giving you a lot of spade action. This is something for I me. So I'll deal with like it. it. Thanks. What's going on? We'll let people roll in. How you doing? I'm doing good. There, uh, I tried to wear pink to match your color scheme, just so you know. It was intentional, fully intentional. Put on like change shirt before we came on. <laughs> so I want some props for like showing up so that it can fit with your gorgeous marketing and your gorgeous grid. So I really wanted to, to show up for you. Wow. As someone who wears like a white t-shirt every day, I am just, but I did, I did, I just filmed the video. So I have like pink. I this is uh my only colored palette of eyeshadow same one i bought for my wedding and it's the only one i wear (laughs) (laughs) wait that is such wait as you said i'm like yes because when you find the thing you like you just want to get it i mean like you don't have to make decisions anymore i mean that's how i am at least like i'm like i found the skin lotion that i love this will be the one we use until it stops being made and then i signed up get a little bit of oh my god what if they stop making it like that's literally where do you get hoarder mentality because on amazon i'm like I buy like four. Yeah, there's four in my cupboard. <laughs> there's literally four in my armoire right now that I use. And I'm like, if they stop making this, I have to make another decision and I'm scared. And like, yeah. 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 The amount of YouTube videos I had to watch to think out a face lotion has been like astronomical. So I am right. the same way. Okay. We have people rolling in. All right. Friday fun. If anybody has never attended, Brian and I have talked quite a few times at this point, but Brian is someone I have worked with previously. And here's the thing. Let me tell you something. There is a lot of people who I am really excited about this, that they want to come and they want to chat with me and they want to talk to like my audience and like my listeners and like followers. I hate that fucking word, but like they, and, and I get a lot of requests and I'm very particular about the people whom I choose to share space with because I'm nervous all of the time. And so (laughs) I'm always like, I want to like pick the right. And I'm very, I'm very gentle with my people because my people are me and I want us all to be very taken care of. And Brian, you and I were together at probably one of the most vulnerable times in my career when we worked together one-on-one and 
there are some times where I'm like, how would I have gotten through those certain stages without certain people? And you're absolutely one of them. Like the amount of times I would like shove lunch in my mouth, in my car, between jobs, outside of your house, and then go in for like a mentorship session was high. <laughs> I totally hear you. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I know we've reflected on that before, but I've never heard you say it in exactly that same way. One of the things that I've loved about working with you, is it okay to talk about working with you? You just said it. I think it's okay. Right. I'm yeah. not- there's very right? Because there's a confident, you know, a coach really wants to hold confidential their client. They're like, I'm putting it on display, so we're going to talk about it, right? If it was up to but, me, our sessions would have been recorded and made into YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay. But one of the things that is, and I think your audience would agree with this, is you are fiercely honest with yourself mm-hmm. and not afraid to look at what's going on, right? And I think everyone, no matter how authentic they want to be with themselves, we are always blind at some point to a little bit of where we may be holding ourselves back or habits or behaviors that we don't really, we're not hiding behind them. We're just like, they're pattern. This is as good as it can get. I've reached a level. I've reached a, the top of my lid is here. I, I don't see the way on top of this next. And I feel like that's when we connected. It was like, this is, am I relegating myself to this? Is this all a career can be? Do I still want to do it if this is what it is? Feels like where we were. Look at you now. There's a true difference in, and I'm not saying that's because of our coaching, but I'm saying like the possibility, you know, I think that the best coaches, their job is not like, let me tell you everything to do. Their job is to create a, a space where you feel so confident in yourself that you can take action for what you want. And you just, you know, we're not afraid to show up and bring all yourself to the conversation. And I think that's, that takes some guts. And I think anyone who's listens to you or follows along with you or people who want to have that experience of bringing their guts into the work that they do. That's why I think they're so attracted to being here, which is, you won't say the word followers, but everyone watching today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I take, I take that to heart. And I think that the epitome of this business changing for each of us is when we decide to like, take control of our own story and decide to do this, how we want to do this and not do it, how it used to be done or how we think it's supposed to be done. And that's kind of where I think people like you come in is that like, listen, we're going to talk about agents. We're going to talk about reps, but crafting the career you want to and living the day-to-day life you want to, is like something I've been really invested in lately. And I think that's something that you really think about for actors. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, and Sam, you nailed it because all I want is for every actor to feel so full of themselves that like business schmizness, like, yes, the business is happening. I got that one. I didn't get that one. Next one. I get to go visit my mom and I don't feel like I'm missing out on auditions because I love my mother and that's important to me. And then I'm going to come back and there'll be up that like that you are just, and I mean, this in the most powerful, you're so full of yourself that Yes, you care about success, but it isn't dictating your happiness. It isn't dictating your fulfillment in every day. And it doesn't mean you don't climb or reach or grow, but that you feel your own divine purpose and your own divinity of your human being self on this planet right now, regardless, is like the what you've just said. Is when we embrace our story, I think, is when we do that. Otherwise, you run from your story, but you're always trying to write a different one, right? And so I think that you that's exactly what I would, what I would want for anybody. The quote unquote gatekeepers that sometimes feel like it's between us and the business, right? Are there like certain things? And so sometimes it's casting directors, sometimes it's reps, sometimes it's producers, what, you know, but whatever it's, that is. Sometimes it's pretend. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's pretend. And a lot We've made up in our heads. It's me against the music, yeah. you know, to steal a line. Like it's, it's my, for, like, for example, so this week I had an incredible yeah. callback and I got put on a veil for a job and I was like, this is like, what a week. And it's come to today. And I think I would have heard about them by today. So I've like had to talk myself out of the fact that like, that was a win in and of itself. It didn't have to accumulate into the thing I could post about on Instagram for it to be a win. And the gatekeepers, quote unquote, that keep us from validating those wins are oftentimes we put it on other people. Can we talk a little bit about that and how like we let that kind of dictate where we go in this world? Yeah. I'm going to come about this in kind of a roundabout way. First things first is you 100% get to, of course, celebrate the win of getting the audition, getting the callback, getting the win. Those are all things. And let's all not ascribe to, I know you agree with this, Sam. There's no toxic positivity here. You're allowed to be disappointed when it doesn't come through and you're not less of a person for feeling a little bit of disappointment. And actually, I think that you owe it to yourself to be like, I had a relationship with that character, with that job that just kind of feels like it ended. Sure, we know it might go up, but like a, that, that relationship changed. And so I think it's important to allow yourself to 
whoo, I'm a little butthurt about that, right? The difference is I'm butthurt versus I'm a horrible actor. I should go back. Should I be a dentist like my cousins in Ohio, right? Like yes. that is the difference, right? That's the, that's the story, right? <laughs> so I always think like, you know, give yourself the 20 minutes to be truly disappointed and then spend the next 24 hours like, what do I love about with that? Not that I did anything wrong. But if I wanted to relate to it or do something differently, is there anything I would have done differently? Not that because if I did it differently, I would have gotten it, but just so that I can relate to it as a new learning or growth experience is a piece of it. And then the other thing about this is you said it, I think you said it, you think you answered this question actually is, did I give them the best Sam version of that story when I put it on tape or I went into the room? And if I did, my, I want to leave that room feeling like, if they don't like that, then that's not, that's the best, that's the goodest they're going to get. Cause that is the sammiest version of that they're ever going to get. Right. Like I remember when I would do commercial auditions, I would leave an audition commercial. I'd be like, fuck yeah, babes. That's it. That's the brinest one they're going to get. All you guys who look just like me. Good luck. I hope you do as just as well as I did giving your version, because I hope they have a really hard time making a decision because mm. I hope each one of us showed up the most ourselves this is not a competition. This is like, there's the strawberry one, there's the vanilla one, there's the chocolate one, and that you can leave that room like you laid it on the ground. Now, I know that that comes to like, what is your practice inside of class? What do you do about your nerves? What are that's putting it on tape? How you, like, there's a whole bunch of pieces that go into that, but that's the kind of confidence that I want that comes all the way back to, why am I doing this in the first place? Yeah. Right? If we, you know, and then sometimes I think that advice, like every audition is a chance to act falls a little flat. Like it's not quite like, Thank you for teaching me how to act in sixth grade. I'm too adult for that now, right? But like every audition is a chance to act if we can relate to it a little bit more sacredly. Every audition is a chance for me to, what do I love about my acting right now? I'm really working on this part of my acting. How can I bring that into this audition? Like, if you think about it, like I almost like, I always like to use a painter because I think we think of painters as very artistic, mm -hmm. right? So like, I'm in my yellow phase. So in my acting right now, I'm really trying to find this backbone of all the characters I play. Let's see how that works in this particular audition today. And mm -hmm. how did I do with the backbone? This Like that it's something that you are in process with, with your acting all the time. Not to say that you're not complete or good enough as is, but I know that you're in process with something in acting, right? And I think you may agree with this. I think is when you're in acting class, like you have the determination of like what am I you don't have the you know what you're working on you know like what's been going on with you lately right because you're always growing as a person and so I think when you bring that into the the idea of the gatekeeper piece of it almost melts away in some ways like it doesn't matter anymore and because then at the end of the day the point this is all coming back to I want you to be so full of yourself you're happy is at the end of the day then you like yourself for what you did and what I want is an army of actors who just love themselves and you know you book more when you love when you're like so obsessed with yourself anyway this is not like i'm obsessed with myself this is like i know i'm here i'm supposed to be here kind of obsessed with yourself right yeah it's like standing in your power of like this is where it also there is a that structure of standing in that power means that like you can't be as easily toppled because that is kind of and i think you know there's two different sides of this coin especially with the audience I attract is that there's a lot of actors who are brand new, who are like, I'm so excited to jump on board. I'm down to do this as long as possible, as long as it takes. But like, as long as it takes of like 10, 12, 15, 20 years of like grinding feels very different than you think it's going to. Totally. Yeah, I totally. And you know, I think that's why, you know, I think it's why it's so important for an actor to cultivate the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the pressure is on every audition, every rep, every callback, every headshot, every submission to fulfill you, which is why, you know, we know so many actors like I also love the fact that I'm a yoga teacher and I love the work that I do. Like that, the old myth of you can only be an actor and only let them see you as an actor needs to really die on the vine. It is not helpful to us or your acting or then that means the world of acting or the creative art form. Right. Yeah. Unless in like. There are very few people who only act, and that is how they make their entire living. Oof, I say that is all. Very few. Oh. Very few, everybody. Like, you will recognize people on the street, and they have another thing that they're doing to make money to put in the bank. If you don't think they do publicly, they own property. <laughs> exactly. Yes, totally. Right? Yes. Totally. Everyone's and, their side hustle. Yes, right. Totally. In talking about confidence, yeah. which is something you mentioned earlier, there like I asked actors for questions for you because you are known as like, Oh, I printed them. Oh, out. 
I printed them out. Oh, you printed them out. <laughs> well, I have my iPad. So you're known as like kind of like the rep whisperer, yeah. which I think is like a super fun term. Can the confidence that comes from having reps that believe in you, yeah. personally speaking, has changed my acting game because I don't feel like I have to book every job mm-hmm. in order to stay in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is good people watching my work continuously. And like the beauty, like, I know we're still fucking oversell tapes, everybody, but like, the beauty of the self tape is like my reps get to see my work yes. and they're like, okay, Sam's doing great work. Like yeah. it doesn't matter that she didn't get cast. So finding the confidence in yourself before you find confidence in your reps. Yeah. I feel like that, that has been essential to my mm-hmm. process. Do you see that through line with actors you work with? Yes. Full disclosure. Leaf blower outside. If it gets a little loud, I apologize. I think they'll be fast. Okay. Here. Remember the time we did this with peacocks? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first step to being confident is not being delusional. The first (laughs) step to being confident is being truthful to yourself. The first step to being confident is not puffing yourself up, acting like your career is perfect. One of the things that I'm sure anyone here has seen, or if they've not done it themselves and they're pinching themselves because, damn it, why'd I do that, is puff themselves up to sound like they're better than they are. (laughs) And there are times when you just need that because it's a defense mechanism. I just want to be where, like, totally, great. But when you're reaching out to reps in, in particular... If you're like, my career is going so well, look at these auditions I got on my own. This train is moving all aboard. Want to get on? The rep is like, you're doing great. Why would you need me? You're right. Nice job. Thank you. Train. Watch the train go by. Good job. You would not be reaching out to reps if things were so freaking great. And it takes a degree of confidence in lack of delusion to say, hey, things are good happening. I know for things to go to the next level, there's no way I can do it on my own. Or I've done the most that I could to get to where I am, but I can't do, I can't do what's next. And that other version of you just sounds, it sounds puffed up. It sounds fake. It also sounds like I don't need you. Right. And so I'm coming back to this, this confidence piece. I want to make sure this is really clear is the delusional, non-intentional delusion that we can bring into our career does not serve you. I'm bringing this back to craft for a second since we started there, you know, you're in process with your craft and that you can book at the same time. You know that I know how to do this part. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, eh. in class, I'm kind of working on this. It doesn't belong. And it's like that confidence that you bring, I think that sometimes what can happen that can deflate an actor's confidence. And this is where I want to make sure we all dance the dance of a student who's in acting class. Acting class is a place to have the question of, was that good? And how do I make it more better? That is not the question you ask about your audition. The question I ask about your audition is, is this the best way Sam can tell the story? Mm. Does this look... Mm the most Sam, because if I'm giving you like a little bit of Sam and a little bit of what I think they want, then the next person and Kelly's audition is going to look really Kelly. And that's just going to like cut a sharper shape. They're like, Oh, I see that story on her better. Instead of that was a little milky. I wasn't as specific for me because I, she did a good job, but I don't know why I just, she's not it. This one, because I, I, she, I understood who this person was more. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's where I think that again, that confidence comes in. be a student in class don't be a student in your acting. And when that comes to reaching out for reps, it is not being delusional about where you stack, where you stack up. I hate to think of us as having levels, but being like, instead of stacking up with like, I've got a co-star and then a guest star, stacking up in terms of like, what opportunities have I been able to achieve so far? And where do I think is next? And that takes a, I think it takes a degree of like, like looking into your own crystal ball, right? Like, if I was looking at my resume from the third part, third party and, un- and, un- and like an unattached third party, mm-hmm. Was like, oh, the thing that looks probably next for this person is they should book a co-star. That feels like that's right. That's they haven't got their TV credit yet. Like that's probably what's next. How ballsy does it feel or radical, even though it's the truth, for you to say in an email, I think my next step is probably to book a co-star. And I'm not able to do that without you. Like to say that to a rep, because then the reps who are not interested in you because they don't want people who are only booking co-stars will not say yes to you and drag you along for 10 months and you'll be really loyal to them and you never got an audition, but you never knew why. And the ones who do love working with actors who are in that developmental, it's time to book a co-star kind of place are like, come on in with me. You're like my kind of person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much of that I want to unpack. Okay. So let's go first. I would love to touch on like newer actors. And then I would work those of you who are like, I already have an agent, but I want to talk about it because they won't email me back like around because we're, and I saw some comments in the chat. 
this is going to be a podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. It's on the One Burger Ashes podcast. If you're new here, hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be a podcast uh, next week. Great. So for our newer actors, right, who there are, I personally think, and this, you might disagree with me. We actually have- I love a disagreement. Okay, Let's do it. Right, that would be so fun. You're going to be like, no, I totally agree. <laughs> For our newer actors, I actually think and I wish that I would not have focused on bringing people into my team for a little bit longer because mm-hmm. I hit the ground running in LA and I was like, got to get an agent, got to get a manager, got to, got to, got to go, go, yep. go, because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like established my legitimacy. But what I really did was like round myself into circles until like the floor caved under me trying to like find people to support me and or working with people who didn't really support me and not working on my craft and not figuring out working on camera and not bettering my acting. So I was worthy of an agent who saw my worth. So I wish that as a brand new actor, especially in a big city, that I would have been taken more time Mm -hmm. to do the work on myself and my craft instead of getting reps right away. Let me, I don't disagree. I want to add a little bit of a dif- dynamic to the conversation. Okay. 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 So everyone listen and lean in and try to identify yourself here. Because if you are an actor who feels a little unsure of their footing and knows that you're reaching for validation, you might be idolizing your acting teacher right now. You might be idolizing Sam right now. You might be idolizing, you might be making something into having a little more power than they should. If you notice that about yourself, right? It's probably not the best time to reach out to reps. However, if you're in a city and you're like, I just got out of acting school. Like, I know there's some opportunity for here. I'm going to get into class. Like, you've got a little bit of like, you feel your footing. My belief is there are reps who want to work with people who are brand new to town, no matter what, where you're at. And there are opportunities that that kind of rep could get you that you probably couldn't get off on your own that could help you build your resume. That being said, you're going to go into any new relationships like that when you're a, you know, I'm going to say baby actor, but baby meaning new to the market with a little bit of like, I'm not going to bring a ton of loyalty to this because we're just going to see how things go. This is a new relationship. I do not have to make, don't bring all my daddy issues to this new relationship with the rep and make them validate me for moving to Los Angeles because they will never do that for you no matter how great the relationship is. So the reason why I bring this up is a lot of actors will start where you're describing, Sam, we'll be like, let's get our footing before we get reps. And then they'll stay in that cycle of, well, it's the next credit. And it's, it's, it's when I get this credit, I'll be able to. When I get the next headshots. And so my fear is if we don't empower actors when they're new to town to say, it's okay to reach out to reps at any time in your career, you might hear all no's. If you can hear a no without attaching to it your value, but like, oh, <clears throat> cool. I am not ready for reps in this town. I can cross that off my list and I can say cool I'm going out I'm going to get some real footage I'm going to go get in this acting class how about commercial agents instead like instead of it meaning you're not meant to be an actor I just right now I'm just not the vibe I'll reach out again in four months after I've gotten a credit I took a class or something is different for me mm-hmm. right the trick to all of this I think Sam and I think this comes back to what you said is can we unattach ourselves from the success of reaching out to reps and the extra piece of that is can we not bring all of our teacher parent loyalty Mm. to a business relationship first of all i want to say what you just said is really important because knowing where your mindset is before you do anything in this business like as you learn the business is just huge 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 it's the same reason that like like i have the list of things that i auditioned for that i didn't book last year i'm not looking at them right now because like my brain is not not that my cycle and not that place in like my life. Like I just need to not do that piece right now. But knowing that and knowing when it feels healthy and when it doesn't is the big difference, I think, in what we're talking about. And I have a bone to pick with the word loyalty so much. And I think you do because I don't know of any business person who works with the word loyalty in terms of a business relationship. Like, I hate... (laughs) I'm just, like, so agreeing with you. I'm just listening. Like, it's so frustrated because I see actors say it all of the time, and they're like, well, I'm very loyal. I'm like, great. What in... Yeah, wait, Sam. So when people actors say I'm very loyal, I actually think it's a tiny bit of a Mm cop-out. I'm not willing to take a look at the fact that this person has not been good to me and or I've not been a good client. So I'm making it into the positive side, just I'm just a really loyal person. So 
I'm sure you are. So is your dog. I'm a very loyal person, right? And so what that means to me is I won't look at any flaws, mistakes, mishaps, negativity in this relationship, and everything is rose-colored glasses slash I'm just blinding myself to reality. So it's a a little bit of a cop-out, I would say, because everyone loves a loyal friend. Remember, yes, you want your manager and agent to believe in you, and and you want to feel that in some form. It does not need to be the form you get from your teacher, the form you get from your mom and your dad, right? It needs to be a different form. Like, I'm getting auditions. Great. I'll just share a quick story. I had a client who, she got reps right away. It was a journey she needed. And she rushed in and became friends with them right away. And it was just who she is. And it wasn't working out. And she stayed longer than she should. And it was clear. We quickly identified that as a pattern she brings to relationships in the business. She becomes friends with them. And I said, great. The next person you come with, one of your criteria for saying yes to this manager you meet with is you don't want to be friends with them, but you can totally connect with them. And so she changed the way she communicated. This manager's gotten her more auditions than the other one did in two months and the other one had a year and a half. And it was the change in the mindset of, I needed to shift here. It wasn't just this manager because I brought this friendship thing. I'm dirty, I muddied the waters, mm. right? So I love you saying this bone to pick with loyalty. I agree with you. We have to be careful where it's us not acknowledging the truth in front of our eyes. Yeah, and you can share a value system with the people who work for you. And I think you should. And I think you should have your boundaries and all that. Why do you think it gets misconstrued with friendships so often with these business relationships? Oh, hello, 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 hello. Actors, hi, nice to meet you. We love to connect with people. We are awesome. <laughs> we are the life of every party. Even the introverts here are the, are the most fun people to be. Like, hello, we are the best. Actors are the best. Why do you think I work with actors? They are the best, right? So don't let anyone else watch this Instagram live or listen to the podcast, right? So like we are really, we love connection. We thrive on connection. We are trained to look at a face across from us, figure out what's going on and try to solve a problem. Thank you. I just defined Meisner for you, right? Like that is our job. And so we, of course, will make the slip into friendship easily because it feels so good. And also remember, we've all had parents well-intentioned or not. And validation came with love. Encouragement came with love. Encouragement came with, you can get up and scrape your knee and get back up again. And so we can get a little murky with what our expectations are from an agent. And remember, an agent-manager relationship is a little upside down. Like they work for you, but they choose you. So we just have to acknowledge the little bit of weirdness there so we can say, what is my capacity to be able to have a business-like relationship with someone? If you're really good in your friendships with setting boundaries, then you can have a great friendship with your agent. If you are not, then it's probably not the vibe yet, mm-hmm. right? And a boundary, and just so everyone hears my definition of a boundary is, and this is stolen from Brené Brown, is where I can no longer make a positive and generous assumption about your behavior is where you need a boundary. So if you know, are no longer able to assume your agent is working their butt off, you need a conversation. Time for a meeting. And actors will scapegoat this so easily. And I understand it because the fear is, are they going to drop me? Do they like me anymore? All those questions are coming up. But like the number of times an actor will say, oh yeah, I emailed my agent. You email them a question like, hey, how do you think the business is going right now? That is not an email. No answer to that is ever going to satisfy you over email. You need to get on the phone with them. You need to meet them in person. You need to get on Zoom. Like set yourself up. That's what like saying like my brother and I, we have beef sometimes. If I text my brother and said, Let's work on our relationship. Is that how it, that's the way it's good? Like, let's text that. Let's figure that out over text. You wouldn't do it there, but you'll do it. Right. Yeah. And we can just talk about that now because I think that is something that comes up a lot is in terms of just like getting an agent is one whole bag of worms. And like, there's actually, we're doing some webinars on that. So like, <laughs> yeah, stay sure. tuned. But also having an agent is a whole nother issue. And the amount of actors I talk to and work with and like the, my insiders, my Patreon, we talk a lot about like what's working and what's not with people's agents. And we decided that this was the year, 2023 is the year of calling your agent. And yes, then, wait, and every year, <laughs> this is the year of starting to make the phone call and then every year after that. <laughs> and it has scared the shit out of most of them. But it is also like one of my study hall patrons ended up calling her agent and her auditions have tripled. Since she got on the phone wait, with her agent. Everyone, just listen to that. Goodbye. We're going to log off now. You just need to call your agent. Thank you so much. For those of you who don't have an agent, stay tuned. <laughs> but like, you have, so remember, I want everyone to just remember, you are your product. Thank you for 1998 talking about business of acting. I'm trying to bring this to the future here. But like, <laughs> you are the product. Your agent needs to experience you 
and as in many ways as they can. And you in an email is never the same as you in person, you on the phone, you on Zoom, you on a self-tape. You want to find all the places where they, like email should be your last resort. You should be trying to make it a phone call because then they hear your voice. They get to hear, oh, yeah, Sam has that really great laugh. Oh, what's that breakdown I saw? Has a great laugh. Like that is that is how this happens. You need to be in the world. Now, once you get your relationship where it's so comfortable with your rep, this can go away. But I think for the first couple of years, you got to get to know each other in that way. Yeah. So I love that you made this goal with this group of people, like, and then forever, and then forever, and then forever. And like, then keep calling. Or like, <laughs> I love it when an actor says, I sent my headshots over for you to take a look at these pictures. I look forward to hearing back from you. A week later, they're talking to me. I haven't heard back from my age of the headshots. Great. Call them. Oh, I sent you my headshots. Can we take a look at them now? I've got them up on my screen. Do you want to zoom? Like, you're not a jerk. You're a normal person. Like I took paid a lot of money for these headshots. You want to have new headshots? Let's do this. So for the actors who are listening, whose hackles just raised or who just vomited on themselves, thinking about like calling their agent and being like, I'd like some of your time. Can we break down that thought process just a little bit? Yeah. And I want to just make those of you who are listening who don't have an agent yet, put this in your piggy bank for later. You're going to use this. So I want to hear it. So I like to paint the picture of the worst case scenario in an agent's day. Think of your agent as getting emails, let's be real, from actors all day long or phone calls with actors saying, I'm not getting enough auditions. That's all they hear all day long. So that's the tape that they're hearing from every actor. Their imagination is every actor reaches out to them and saying, I want more auditions. Who's their client? So you, you ain't going to be that dipshit. You're not going to say that. You're going to call with a much more pointed and clear question. Like, hey, I know you're submitting me all the time. I wanted to check in. I've looked at the past three months. We've had like two auditions in the past three months. Do you think, are you feeling good about that? Instead of, what can I do to help you? We're not asking that question anymore. There's no more, what can I do to help make your job easier? There's no more of that. What do you think is, how do you think it's going? How do you think it's going? Is like, what's the weather look like to you? It's not, you did something wrong and I did something right or I did something right, you did something wrong. It's like, how do you feel like the, how we're doing right now? Mm-hmm. And not be afraid to have that conversation. The worst that that person can say is, you know, I don't get it. We're working really hard. We're not able to get you in. If you want to look around, I'd be okay with that. Would you like your agent to say that to you now or a year from you now? Cause you never asked the question like that. You're just fooling yourself. Cause they're probably not going to say that. What they're no. probably going to say is, you're right. It's a little weird. Let's take a look at your, let me, and don't you freaking talk, shut your mouth because don't say, do I need new headsets? Do I need to get, no. do not volunteer your, throw money at them. You let them go. Let me look at your headshots. You know, you know, you know what? Oh my gosh. The other day I saw a breakdown and I didn't feel like I had a headshot. That's this kind of headshot for you. We just need one. Let them do the work. You're not sitting at their desk all day. So you can't decide that you need a new headshot. Right? So I just want to make sure that you if we bring a positive and generous assumption to every conversation you have with your reps, which means you're imagining they're submitting me all the time, they're pitching me all the time, and somehow there's not as many auditions as we want, now we get to have a new conversation. Hey, what do you think's happening? Now they will know if they're not submitting you all the time. You don't have to say that. They will know if they're not pitching you all the time. But you're not going to cajole them into that. You're going to say, what do we think? And they can go, you know what? Give me a couple of weeks. Let me try and see. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you get to say, after you had a conversation, I call this the come to Jesus conversation. Like it's a little bit of a serious conversation, but it's actually no one's right or wrong, right? Just what's the weather look like after that, after you let, you know, you be, you're just like a good client for the next four months, three, four, you're just being the best client. You're communicating, you're doing your auditions on time. Bah, 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 bah. If things haven't changed, you go back there. So listen, we talked about four months ago. I want to check in and things seem the same to me. Do you see something different? Can you tell me what you're seeing on your end? Great. What should we do? I feel like I've got a lot of courage here. And I realize the courage that I have around this is because I see actors get agents every single day. So I've let go of the idea of I can't get an agent tomorrow. If you can let go of the agent that you can't get an agent, let go of the idea that you can't get a new agent tomorrow. Not that agents are disposable. We want beautiful, long-term relations with our agents. Mm-hmm. But if we have the scarcity of like, I'm so afraid to lose this relationship, you have your loyalty blinders on. You're not looking at the weather. You're standing in the rain and not noticing and pretending it's not raining. Uh, yeah. And I feel the same way when I speak with actors who have been with reps for one, two years, essentially, and they've done all of their cleaning up of their side of the street and they don't get calls back. They don't get their calls answered. They don't get an email. A lot of the time it's because there are agencies out there that are not a 10. There are agencies. Yeah. 
that gather actors and pull little bits of money from lots of people and don't know their actors very well. Yeah. Is that a place that you can be for a little bit as you're getting credits? Sure. That a relationship that's making you feel good about yourself in this business and is going to grow you? I think no. no. And also, I think it's also the kind of thing we can go, okay, look, this is the story I'm going to tell. We're going to just know that this isn't the truth for everyone. Okay, everybody? So we're going to just buy into that for a second. Let's say you ended up at one of these agencies that does have a lot of people. And sometimes you get an audition here or there and it's super random. And you know, your headshots suck and you need, you need to get a couple credits. Like, cool. I'm going to chill here while I like kind of get money together to afford some new headshots mm -hmm. and maybe shoot a really good self tape to add to my casting profile. And then I'm going to start looking around. So it's okay to be there as long as it doesn't give you a false sense of security. You know, you can't ask someone who doesn't speak Spanish to speak Spanish. So you can't ask an agent who doesn't actually have the inroads to get you auditions to suddenly get you auditions because you're ready for them. They weren't getting auditions for anybody before anyway. They're only getting a couple here and there. It's not that they're going to suddenly change. The, they suddenly can run the marathon. They should be very aware of the ability of certain agencies. And there's, I think, a service, what's the word, like there's a facility to having an agent like that at a time in your career, right? Mm. To have that kind of agent, right? And I want to make sure you and I aren't paying the, I don't want anybody to put on their goggles of like, unless an agent's getting me a lot of auditions, they're probably bad. That's not mm. always the case. It can often be, oh, my stuff isn't cleaned up or we didn't have a good enough meeting about what my type is or I need to do better on my self tapes actually. I haven't gotten a call back in six months and I've had 12 auditions. That's something's wrong, mm. right? So I think sometimes we don't want to look at ourselves. I mean, it gives them that, yeah, we don't look at ourselves in this situation sometimes. Yeah. And it feels, it's very scary to, especially after you've gotten an agent to sit down and realize there's still more work to do. Yeah. It's disappointing. I mean, it's disappointing. Yeah. Like, I think we all want it to be an agent. Maybe I can relax for a second. I put a shit ton of work into getting this agent. I put a shit ton of work into like making sure I was ready for a relationship. I got my material, like all that stuff. And you want to, and I would say, yes, you do get a chance to relax, but you've just started a marriage. I don't, I don't think there should be romance or intimacy in the business at all. I want to make sure that that's clear. Mm -hmm. But you've started a, a marriage, a, a business marriage of sorts, right? There's work in relationship. You know that, I know that, yeah. right? This is, you don't, you don't suddenly get to bail and you got to be like, I don't think on high alert, but in the beginning of that relationship, I think is your chance to show the agent who you're going to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be the actor who reaches out to you every other week with a quick little update. I'm going to be the actor who only asks questions when I need to. One rule of thumb, everyone, when you email your agent, ask one question in an email. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> this is just a general, I did a podcast a while ago about like sending better emails and I'd like to follow up on that with yeah. this, that like everyone's email inbox is now like a rolling like to do list. Yeah. Yes. And so when I see an email in there that I can casually move on from, I am like, da, 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 archive, da, 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 archive. And like, I'm so much more efficient with answering small things. When I open an email and it's like 16 paragraphs and like 17 of them need a question answer. I'm like, I can't, I will, sometimes I'll just copy and paste it into the body and I'll just answer in red. A week so later. Like, and I'll later. I will, I will answer. I, I, oh, I, I, we'll get to her later. I you can wait. I snooze those motherfuckers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, so remember, and the other thing is you're not serving yourself by asking multiple questions because the truth is you probably don't need answers to all those questions today. And why not save it for another connection point a week later? Mm. Right. Mm. And if you don't, don't get an answer, Hey, I'm, I really want to make sure everybody knows like the assistant. I know we're really talking a lot about being signed already. So I want to make sure we use our time wisely. Sandra, yeah, right? we'll come back. Sure. Like make friends with the assistant and talk. Hey, I'm trying to get an answer about my headshots. Is there somebody else I should, I, I can't, she hasn't responded to my email. Is there another way to get in touch where I don't want to waste my heart, waste her time? Mm. Do you enjoy anything wrong? I just need to, I want to post them. Can you help me? Like create an alliance there. I think is often important. Ooh, I yeah. Love that. That's yeah. a great. Oh, and we're, we're never putting more than one person on an email when we send an email. Ooh, talk, what do you mean? Talk about that. Sam, if you send an email to me in like summer on my team uh -huh. or me and like my partner, right? Jake will get to it. Summer will get to it. Too often when you put more than one person on an email and you don't get an answer, you're thought, well, they're not paying attention to me and I should put everybody on the email. The truth is everybody kind of is like, oh, you don't really need my input. They might get someone else's. Like, I'm not sure that I'm the person who needs to answer this question. Mm -hmm. I do not CC anyone unless I've been told to CC I was going to say. A caveat for those of you. Yeah. Who oh yeah. 
who are like reply yes. all to emails. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. If I've been told to. Yeah. But when I put more than one person, it gives me an out. It gives me the person in my inbox. It gives me an out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Yeah. We did talk a lot about actors who are repped. So yeah. we're going to take a gentle pivot. And also actors, if you're repped and you're like, I might need to exit this situation at some point. Yes. Let's talk about new agents. So I have the questions that I got from Graham. Great. I'm not going to grab my paper then. I'll let you lead the way. Great. Maybe we can like one to this. So this is a bit of a big question. So maybe we can make it smaller. Right. How on earth do I even begin? (laughs) And I have a class. (laughs) Super small, really casual conversation. We only have 20 minutes. Never had reps before. I'm super green. What to expect, how to impress. So maybe we can gently condense those and also come to the webinar that is specifically about all of this. The dates are, I'll, I'll, I'll put recite them in the end, but go ahead. Yes. And the link is in your bio, I'm sure. Yes. So here's what I was saying is the live class. We'll get into this really, really deeply. One of the things for the two people who are asking this question, are going to get a great foundation in that class. And I will be there live to answer more questions. Ooh, so we're going to get, I'm going to. Yeah. 21st, 23rd and 25th. Three. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can make it to one of them, people. Come yeah. on. Right. And I'll be there to answer the question. We can take this further, but let me get you started. Let us let go of the idea to impress. It is not the vibe. It's not the vibe we want. <laughs> so it's, you're not trying to get a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to get pick somebody up and wink at them in the corner, right? This is really meant to be, is what I offer right now, what you like. Mm-hmm. Because if it is, then I would like to make myself available to you as my agent. And if it is not, please tell me no, or even ignore me. So what does that mean? The new conversation isn't let me puff myself up and impress you or look good. The new conversation, here's what's going on in my career. Now this can, this is where we talked about you can sound delusional when you say things like this, but here's like the, to get you started today. If you handed Sam or I your resume and we read it, we would have an impression of who you are. And then you would be like, yeah, but I'm so much more than what you just saw on my resume. You don't know how many times I got an audition all by myself, even though I didn't book it, or I got a callback, or I was pinned like Sam was, mm-hmm. or I did the show and I played the lead and I got this great review, or I won an award for this. And you, you probably missed that on my resume. What we want to present in when you're putting yourself out into the world is here's how to read between the lines of my resume, because they're going to look at your resume. They're going to look at your resume. They're going to see that. If you reduce yourself to the resume, which is what most actors do, mm-hmm. right? Then I get to reduce you to your resume as well. So now I just go, do you have enough credits to be on my roster? So what we don't want to hear about is credits. I want to hear that you're in the business. I booked this student film where I played the lead and it was a character. Right? I'm in this place where I'm studying class. I went to UCB and I did my training here. Nowhere have I announced like a fancy ass booking. But now you're like, oh, this person's in their career. I'm not trying to make the class sound fancier than it was. I'm not trying to make the student film sound better than it was. It's exactly what it was. And I'm making sure that I talk about my castability when I say this. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm acknowledging it. What I'm not, I mean, I love it when I had an actor once who said to me, I'm really afraid because there's not a lot of stuff on my resume. And I said, wow, that's the perfect intro to your email. Mm-hmm. Take a look at my resume. You'll see that my credits don't reflect my experience. Here's what you get when you meet with me. And then you get to talk about the auditions, the trainings, the callbacks that are happening that aren't flashy on your resume. Please don't try to get every agent and manager in the world to fall in love with you. A, it's a futile process and it's never going to happen. And you actually don't want that. What you want is the same as you want in an audition room is to go, I am such the orange sherbet flavor of this character that you either want orange sherbet or you don't. Because when you show up in your email, you show up so clearly as to who you are. The agent who loves to work with that kind of actor can say, oh yeah, please meet with me. And the agent who doesn't can not reply at all or can say, sorry, I don't have, don't have room for you right now or whatever it is, can move on. But if you're not showing up honestly and non-delusionally in that first email, that first conversation starter of the whole thing, right? Then I don't know what, if, remember, a doubt inspires a no. If I'm not sure, if you were at a restaurant, I mean, we can all do this. We've all been to a restaurant, I'm imagining. You go to a restaurant and you see some entree and every single ingredient is something you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. You're probably not, I guess I'll order that. Maybe you're super adventurous. Then you probably would say to the server, can you tell me a little bit about this? Mm-hmm. There's no server when you send your email to ask that question. If you have not given me enough to understand what I'm going to order when I, you come in to meet with me, I'm moving on to the next person. Mm-hmm. I need to know what I'm going to get if I order it off the menu. 
And I think a lot of actors get scared because this is about like talking about type. I don't want to be typecast. Girl, you ain't being cast yet. We're not talking about typecast. We just need to let them know if you order the broccolini, it's going to taste like broccolini. When you order me, I taste like broccolini. One of the flavors I give, it's broccolini. Mm-hmm. I like broccolini. That might not be best for everybody. But like, like that's one of the, like, so one of the flavors I give is, you know, fill in actress name. No one is pigeonholing you. It's just letting me know what's the aroma off the plate when it comes to sit in front of me. So would you say that that's something that actors could be kind of like, like, could there be like a Google Doc or like a note in our phone where we're like adding to this as we go? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I mean... My husband's in the next room. I love him, but he just had to write his own bio and it about fucking killed him. And so sitting down to like write sentences about yourself can feel like an absolute nightmare. Yes. Do you think yes. that, that would be like something over time you could like throw a note in a phone and like have some yeah. about yourself? Like how do you develop that list? Couple things. Couple things. Show up to the training. I'm going to go to this really in depthly for how to do this. That's number okay. one. So don't act brand new. Come to the training. Number two is actors will downplay their wins to the point of feeling like they're having integrity because they're afraid of brackets. Let me say another way to say, you're saying like, is there a habit we can create around this, right? One of the habits is, of course, any actor that anybody ever says you remind them of, just write that down without judgment, even if you don't like the actor. Inside of the program, I make them write down 10 actors that they could replace if aliens sucked them off the planet right now. And the number 10 is a large number. That's a high number. And the reason it's such, yeah, and it's such a high number because if there are 10 people who look on you like you on television right now, this is different from diversity and the strength we're having around representation here. So I want to be very clear around that. Like we are trying to have more of that in the world. But if you can't find 10 actors who look like you on TV, then why do you belong on TV? There's a chance that they do, except for in the places where we're working for diversity and we're looking for representation. I want to be clear that that's mm-hmm. safe, right. So come up with eight or five or whatever. So that can be an exercise to do on your own. And then anytime an acting teacher, a friend, your aunt tells you, you remind you of someone, just write it down and put it in a notebook. You, the, the truth is I did a lot of work around when I, I reached out to agents before I created the program and I asked them, do you like it when people tell you their castability or not? 50% of them like it and 50% of them don't. You just can't, we're never going to hit a hundred. You guys no. never so, hit hundred. <laughs> so what does that say to me is what that says to me is cool. So I'll like tip my hat at my castability, but I won't make it take up a lot of real estate when I reach out because I don't want to dissuade the person who actually likes to use their own imagination and to imagine what I can play. So you don't need to do the Sam Christensen version of this, which bless his soul, right? That is really about your in-depth branding, which I think is important for you to understand who you are mm-hmm. and the work you do in the world. But for when you're doing the agents and manager, we just want to tip your hat to broccolini. This is what it's going to be like. So I think that the exercise is writing down actors that you remind you of. Of yourself. Mm. And then the, the thing around integrity is I think a lot of actors are afraid to name drop, talk about awards. Please slather your email with as many details as you possibly can. Mm. The number of times I'll have an actor give to me something and they'll be like, and then I did this film that's gone to many film festivals. And I was like, and no one cares. And you could have done it in your mom's garage. Can you say the number of film festivals, the name of the top three festivals? Was it an official selection? Because then that's winner, official selection, 21 film festivals, including name of the yourself. Like that is how you say that. And that is part of where I think like having some training around writing really helps, right? That's what the training will help with. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure, you know, it's not lying. You're not changing the truth at all. I'm not asking you to puff yourself up. I'm actually talking about a project that you are in and making it clear. This is the way that Deadline would write about you. Totally. Something that comes along with this in terms of just not just writing so and figuring yourself out, but also actors who don't feel like they have the proper materials. And I think that also comes up. We got a couple of questions about that. How do you find agencies for actors when you don't have a lot of credits or the right materials? I've just done a bunch of short films or self tapes. And I know how I feel about that because I'm like this material. And if it's really fucking good, that's your material. But I think we get caught up in like, the, also the back and forth of, I really need new headshots before I submit to agents. But once I get a new agent, they're going to ask me to get headshots and like loop that world. goes forever. <laughs> the loop goes forever, right? Yeah. There's a story I tell in training, but I can't wait to tell about this. <laughs> but what I'll say is this. I, well, the way that I have people reach out to agents is I only have to use one headshot. Mm-hmm. And then I have to use usually some kind of collection of screen grabs or something that show you actually acting. Because I do not want the agent's conversation to be, do I like her headshots? Hmm. No, the conversation is, could I get this person work? So if you give them a bunch of headshots and a bunch of things to look at, and they're all from the same photographer, and like, well, I don't like these. Head-. That's not the question I need you to ask today yourself, agent person. 
I need you to ask, did you like my self tapes? Everything has to drive to watch my acting. Mm, like go credit. Like go ahead, Chess. The biggest takeaway of this conversation, I hope everyone's fucking listening, because like that's that's huge. All wait, all the writing we're talking about, all of this leading, all this creating a process that we talk through in the training is all to watch the acting. Quit asking, do I fit into your roster? You know what? The agents that I interviewed say, I don't ask that question when I love your acting. I don't think about who's on my roster when I love your acting. When I give that answer, sometimes that's my easy answer, my way out. And I don't want to tell a reason why I'm not working with them. So we want it all to lead to your acting. So the, the student films you said, it's about that. So remember, this is good for many and not good for others. We're a self-tape world now. It is no longer, I'm looking at your resume to decide if I'm going to call you in. I'm saying, show me the evidence that you can do this part, which means Sam is just as good as Charlize Theron if they're putting on their tapes, if they're just looking at them for tapes. I mean, they might be looking for Charlize for her earnings around the world, right? But the tapes are the same. The tape is the story here. So that is why everything needs to lead to, look at the tapes you're going to get when you work with me. Look at the kind of acting I'm going to do for you when you work with me. And so to me, that kind of circumvents this headshot thing because you want one picture that looks like you currently let's move on like let's watch my tape because the tape is going to be the thing you did a week before you sent it i mean the way you look exactly right now the conversation about do i love your headshot or not gets to be what you have when you're a client not before you're a client well what i love about that too is it cuts through a lot of the bs that like we tend to like it's funny i've said fuck three times but i didn't want to say the word bullshit (laughs) we tend to put all of these obstacles in our way just as we talked about to bring this full circle in the beginning of this conversation we talked about gatekeepers right and build these gatekeepers into like this is the reason like we're not doing work or we're not booking and it's like it's literally tomorrow. Like, put a put a camera and like film something. Like then you're working. Like it's it's we have to stop this. <laughs> Easier said than done. That is another barrier to entry. Is like having the perfect materials or the right materials and like. But it's the- wait, but so we're clear. Real quick, I want to make sure everyone hears this. It's not a barrier to entry. We make it a barrier to yes. entry. Because yes. I'm sure that anyone who's watching this podcast and knows Sam or this live and knows Sam can make a great self tape can get it together to make a great self-tape. And that's what we want it to lean on. If you have a reel, that's great too. If you're not obsessed with the reel, don't let them freaking see it. Use the self-tape. Remember, self-tape is how they're seeing their actors all the time. You compete on the same level when you're using a self-tape. It evens the playing field. Yeah, Yeah. it is a gift of that, I really believe. Um, Okay, let's make sure we hit, let's see, let's see what other questions we have. Um, Still confused about agent versus manager. Is it overstepping to have both? What can a manager not do that an agent can? I'm so confused. That's right. (laughs) That's covered. Okay. So first of all, in the olden days, agents and managers used to be different. Now they do a lot of the same things. Agents and managers both submit you for jobs to casting directors to get your work. Managers usually have a little more leeway where they have relationships with producers, maybe showrunners. And remember, a manager is their own boss. So they're accountable to themselves. Sometimes it'll be a conglomerate of a few managers and there's a company where they're, they're accountable to the company. But an agent has a boss. An agent has an agency that has a bottom line. So using agent has a little bit more needs to show that you can book because they have a bottom line that they need to hit. It's not quite as rote as that. I want to make it, I mean, it's an art, this is an artistic field, so it's not quite like that. But an agent needs to believe that you're going to book right away because they are going to sign you, they're going to invest your time because they got a boss above them. A manager could say, I'm taking Jenny Malone with zero acting training because I think she's got good hair, right? Like they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So that being said, they take different percentages from your commission. There is no reason not to have both. There's no reason to wait to have a manager till you have a career. That is an old fallacy. Plenty of people have a manager and then get an agent. So I think that hopefully answers that question for people. Like, let go, think of them as the same thing, but think of a manager as having a little more autonomy so they can stretch and say, oh, you're a developmental client, but I like what you have going on. Like they usually can stretch a little bit more than an agent who might have standards that the agency is sticking with. Yeah. I think that's a great definition. Um, let me see if we can get one more in because yeah. then we need to talk about everyone coming to the webinar. Do your opinion on agencies that ask for a real age in submissions, is that harmful? How do we care about our age? Somebody also just asked in the comments, what, someone who's starting later in this journey. Okay, so two things I want to say. First, I want to talk to the people who are starting later in their journey. Listen to me right now. Every single actor that I've helped over 50 years old has gotten an agent. Let me say that again. Every single actor who's done this has gotten an agent. Those actors have gotten them fast. It is a category where it's a dwindling number of people who are still in that business because they've left. They've got kids. They're moving to Montana, whatever. Every time I talk to an agent, they want actors in that category. So I want to make sure you hear me. 
Whatever story you're making up about the break you took from acting or that you're coming to it later, retire the story, bury it in the backyard. Let's bring into the new story, which is the business wants you. Can you believe that the business wants you? Can you start to bring that on for yourself? So I want to make sure you hear that. Also, it's a really easy Remember that we're reaching out to strangers, right? These are strangers, agents and managers who've never met you before. One of the fastest stories to understand is, oh, you took a break from the business? Oh, okay. I don't have to think about, of course, there's not a lot on your resume from the past 10 years. Like, I get that. That is a thing that people do, right? Okay. Then for the person, what's the rest of this question about? Uh, is it harmful to, if they ask your oh. aid in submission? Yes. So in the 20 years of doing this, I've never heard about someone being asked their age before they met with someone. So I want to just kind of take off the table that that's a common occurrence. Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like the person who's asking this question has some beef with their own age or they wouldn't be asking it. So I hope that I've already started to motivate and elevate and let go of the conversation around your age. There's a place for everyone in this business. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite clients is 80 and just got her first voiceover the other day. I just want to make sure you all hear that. It is not unusual to be in a meeting. One of the things I talk about is how to have really great meetings with managers and agents, right? Because you want to put your best foot forward, but you also don't want to sound delusional. If someone asks your age in a meeting, is there a law or is it not allowed? Sure, there's probably some law or it's not allowed. Are you going to sound like an asshole if you say, I play between 25 and 35? Yeah, you probably are. So if this agent is asking you your age and you like this person and you want to work with this person and you imagine that this could be the person for you, of course you're going to want them to hear your real age because you're going to build a relationship based on truth together. So I think that what I would do is translate that question and go, I'm 35. I think I play 32 to 33. This is not what I think about myself. I'm just throwing this out there, right? Uh, I'm 35. I play like 32 to 37, right? That would be, I always think if the actor wants to sound like, give the agent a chance to do their job, make your age range sound like it's about five or seven years so that the agent can go, oh, no, no, no. I could see you play all the way up to, like, they get to add, right? So it gives them space to do their job so that you can be playing a conservative game over here. Mm -hmm. But if you say your age range is 10 years, I think you sometimes sound a little bit Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, if you, I mean, reading a lot of scripts, it'll tell you like how, what age people we think they look like on TV, right? Reading a script and then seeing what they look yeah. like, who's gassed, like yes. that's 30 cents? Interesting. <laughs> no, the scripts are gaslighting us. The scripts are all gaslighting us and then we see who they really are. <laughs> 100%. Okay. So if you guys are enjoying this, Brian is doing a full webinar three different times and they are not pre-recorded. So this is like... No. And live. it's free and it's live and it is in, so it's going to be in my stories and it's going to be in my bio when we right. finish. Right. And it's February 21st at two o'clock Pacific, February 23rd at 11 a.m. Pacific and February 25th at 9 a.m. Pacific for my East Coasters. Do you want yeah. to explain a little bit more about like kind of what we're diving into in that yeah. webinar, Brian? Before I even go to that, I want to make sure you all hear this first. When I do this webinar, I stay on until every single question is answered. Yeah. My goal for this webinar, of course, if you love the way I'm teaching and you're like, I'm with you, Brian, I want to join and I want to be inside your program. Of course, I want to give you the opportunity to do that during this class. Mm -hmm. But my goal is you come to this training, your mind has changed and you have actions to take already in your career around reaching out to reps. So that's why I stay is I've been on these. So the, the training is an hour long. People will be listening and jiving with that Q&A for an hour and a half after that. So if you're learning more, you got a question like, I am there, so you know how to implement. So I want to make sure everyone hears. I think the last one I was on was like three hours. Like, yeah, but I just want everyone to hear it. That doesn't mean you have to be there for three hours. So don't no. worry. That's only if you want but, to ask a lot of questions. But we, but you, but, but I feel like that's, that's not something you always get in webinars, right? Sometimes people are like, here's what we're doing. And then like, goodbye. And yeah. you're like, what do you need? Yeah, what do you need? to keep going, right? So in this webinar, I go over the three biggest myths that hold people back from representation. It's about a target list. It's about referrals. And it is about the languaging, which we talked about so much today mm -hmm. and overcoming the idea that you need to have a certain number of credits, overcoming the idea that you need to have the perfect materials. We're going to talk through a plan to get around all of that. And I, I even hate to use the word get around it because it's just not necessary. It's holding you back from putting yourself out there. So it does take some guts to say yes. Like what I say in this webinar is going to contradict some stuff you've heard from other coaches. Mm -hmm. But what I want to make sure everyone here is Sam said this at the beginning. I'm going to say about myself right now is I get a DM or an email every single day from a client who is signed with a manager agent. I don't say that to toot my own horn. I say that because I don't know actors who don't have reps anymore. They're just not part of my world. Reps, schmeps, we can do that. Reps should not be, your mission and purpose in this lifetime, everybody listening, is not to get reps. Your mission and purpose is to act. 
So that's why we got to make this rep thing an easier path. That's why Sam, I think, trusts me because this is not, I'm not, I'm not taking you down a path where let's go down into the deep cave of how miserable are my materials and things suck and everything's going to be horrible. And maybe one day I'll be able to reach out to reps. No, because the entire journey is empowering, empowering, empowering. Let's attract the right people and let's let the ones that are not for you not even say hello to you, right? So that's what we're going to do in this webinar. And again, it is live. We started off with, if you can get there early, we start off with a really fun little waiting room. We get the party started and then I'll lead you through the training and then answer any questions that come up for you. And we take it from there. And if you are curious about learning more about me, of course, you can look at what Sam shared or what's on my Instagram to just feel more confident that it'll be time well spent. What I can say to you is this isn't a bunch of, I hate the phrase tips and tricks. This is not tips and tricks. This is truly mindset shifting actions to take so that you can make a difference in your career. Sam and I are not here to add to the noise about reaching out to reps. Mm -hmm. We both want to see you happy with reps that are teaching, treating you well, that you feel empowered in. So that's what this class is not about. It's not about adding noise. It's about giving you real action steps. 100%. For people who are still asking, the link is going to be in my stories after this. And then like, give me two seconds to put it my- <laughs> a little late to the game today. Yes, this podcast will be available. This live will be available via a podcast. It's also going to go on YouTube. Like you literally can't miss it. You know? <laughs> I'm everywhere. I can't get enough of myself. Wait, wait, everyone listening who's listening, do not let this Instagram live or podcast or YouTube, however you're watching it, fool you into thinking you have taken action toward reaching out to reps. Oh shit. Throw that. This, yeah. Yeah. This is a, you just got some good vibes and you got your mindset ready. You are that much more ready to show up to the training where you'll know how to do it. You did not reach out to reps today. You started to shift your mind. We're you're, you're primed and ready for this. By the time you finish this class, it's like, it's like the perfect time to reach out to reps. So timing could not be better. So throwing that out there. March is a really good time. Yeah. Guys, just saying. Um, yeah. Brian, you're the best. Thank you so much. I love working with you and I'm really excited for the actors to get to talk to you. Thank you. I'll see you all in my DMs and in the class, I hope. All right, take care. Thank you so much, Sam. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Right.